Thank you so much, Mr. Ben. Again, it's good to be with you guys today. It's good to be back. Start off with a little bit of prayer, and then we'll jump into God's Word for this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're a good God. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have a plan. Lord, we give you thanks for that plan. We give you thanks that you have been working for the good of those who love you, uh, and even for those who rebel, as we're going to see today, uh, for centuries. Lord, I pray that as we continue to uh, head towards Christmas, Lord, in the season of Advent, in the season of waiting, that you again instill in us a season of hope, a, series, a season to know that you are still working. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, it's good to be with you guys today. It is good to be in a new sermon series. And not that I didn't like American Idols. I mean, I didn't like preaching. It was uncomfortable for everybody. But I love that we have a church that allows us to do that, that allows us to kind of lean into uncomfortable topics without having to go full-on culture war or full-on avoidance, but say, no, we, we want to be biblical followers. We want to see where God is leading us. But, but from there, we're now entering into the Christmas season, and we are starting a series called Good News for All People. This comes from the angels coming to the shepherds, and they say, we bring good news of great joy that will be for all people. Because Jesus coming was good news. And what we're going to see, in fact, what we're going to do through this whole sermon series is look through some of the prophecies of Jesus specifically through the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah was written by the prophet Isaiah to a people about 700 years before Jesus would show up. And in fact, what we're going to see today is that the first reading, the first public announcement that Jesus does to declare, I am the Messiah, I am the hero you have been waiting for, he quotes Isaiah. Which makes sense because there are more prophecies of the Messiah, of Christ, in Isaiah than there are in any other book of the Bible. In fact, in the New Testament, when they're talking about the prophecies, they pull from Isaiah more than any other book of the Bible. And prophets do kind of have a weird uh, background sometimes with how we look at it in today's culture. Because typically when we think of prophecy today, we kind of go down the fantasy bent, right? And you all know I'm a big fantasy nerd. It's kind of my jam, right? But if I were to say, where would you go to see prophecy? Well, you might say, well, I'm going to go to a fortune teller, right? So I'm going to go to a, a guy or a girl in a robe, and they're going to have a crystal ball, and they're going to look into it, and they're going to give me this vague prophecy of what's going to happen in my life that pretty much will happen regardless, right? Like, I see someone coming into your life today. Well, yes, I'm going to see something, right? right? So you've got that kind of run, or, or maybe it's, it's tarot cards, or, or maybe it's astrology, and you're going to look to the stars, right? We have all these different ways of saying, okay, how do we predict the future? And for sure, the prophets in the Old Testament, as we're going to see, predicted the future. But that's not where they spend most of their time. Most of the prophets weren't concerned about what was going to come next. They were speaking to what was happening right now. Prophets came and they saw something that was wrong. They saw people who weren't acting the way they were supposed to. And so God raised them up and said, I need you to go and call my people to account. And so most of the prophecies, most of the prophets, that's what they're dealing with. But if, if there are going to be consequences, there, there would also be a promise, and we're going to see that. But that's what Isaiah was doing. But Jesus, he shows up, and in Luke chapter 4, we have these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus starts his public ministry by quoting from Isaiah 61 about a promise that God had made about a hero, a Messiah, who was going to come, and he was going to bring good news. And y'all, we, we, all, we all need some good news in the holiday experience, right? I don't know about you, but between Thanksgiving and New Year's, the amount of emotions I can pack into myself, right, are insane, right? The good and the bad, the wonders of the lights and the Christmas music and the memories, right? But, but then also meeting with family that you may not have seen for a while, and some of the challenges that come in relationships that have decades of past in them and, and some hurts and some mess. And, and so we have this joy wrapped up in this confusion and sometimes anger or unforgiveness or bitterness, right? The, the holidays come in and all of us can need some good news because we've got so much stuff inside of us and, and we don't know what to make of it, right? And, and the good news of Jesus is that he shows up and he says, y'all, I can bring good news to those who feel poor in spirit, to those who feel like, 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 like they're trapped. And then that's what we're going to see today. But before we do that, we've got to understand what the book of Isaiah is doing overall. And the book of Isaiah starts off pretty harsh. It starts off with a very frustrated God. And you might think, okay, yeah, you, I've seen God frustrated in the Bible before. He's, he's pretty upset at this point. So I just want to read this to you. So this is from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 12 and following. Uh, if you're using the Bibles along with us, that's going to be on page 856. But I just want you to read or hear what God says to his people. This is God speaking, verse 12. When you have come to appear before me, who asked this of you? This trampling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts, your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They're a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. That's harsh. In today's words, what God said is, y'all, stop celebrating Christmas and Easter. Stop meeting as a prayer team because I'm not listening. Stop collecting offerings because it's meaningless. Stop coming to church on Sunday mornings. Stop doing small group ministries. God says, I, I don't want any part of what you are doing. He says, you're playing pretend. You're missing the point. And what ends up happening is through the book of Isaiah, again and again and again, God says, you're trusting in other idols. We just went through a whole American Idol series, right? You're trusting in other gods to protect you, to find satisfaction in, to find significance in. It's called idolatry. And you're not taking care of the most vulnerable. Throughout the entire Old Testament, God is historically revolutionary compassionate to the most vulnerable. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Learn to do good, seek justice, 
Defriend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless or the orphan, plead the case of the widow. The oppressed, the orphan, and the widow were the most vulnerable in society. And what you see in the book of Isaiah, in fact, what you see throughout the entire prophets is they weren't taking care of the most vulnerable. Instead, it was a nation that had become wealthy, it was a nation that had become powerful, and they were exploiting those who didn't have the same power. And God's saying, y'all, that's not what I created you as a people to do. Or, in the words of Jesus, you're not loving God with your whole heart, and you're not loving your neighbor as yourself. God looks down at this people that he created for himself. He says, y'all are missing the point. And if you're going to miss the point this badly, just, just stop playing pretend. Stop coming to church. Stop celebrating the holidays. This isn't why I created you. And in that, what we see is really the theme of all the books of the prophets, but certainly the book of Isaiah. It is a book of the consequences of what happens when we rebel against God. The consequences of our sin but the good news and the promise that even though we are still sinners, even though we may be in rebellion, God's promises, God's good news is still coming. And that's what you see throughout the entire book of the Isaiah. Again and again and again, God's saying, here are the consequences for sin. And here's the good news that God's not done even when we mess up. Even when we hurt others. And so you see that as it goes. But there is some history here that's going to help us understand verse 61 or chapter 61 a little bit better. And the first is understanding history. Because during the time of Isaiah, Israel split into two separate nations. Israel in the north, which was considered the northern kingdom, and Judah in the south, which was considered the southern kingdom. And they split, and this is going to be shocking to you, about taxes, right? So if you've ever been frustrated with the government about taxes, you are not alone. This is literally what led to a civil war. Israel goes north. Judah goes south, right? And Israel acted a little more ungodly than Judah did. So Israel's punishment, Israel's consequences were going to come sooner. And so Isaiah tells that. And he says, hey, Israel is going to be attacked. And we see that in, 17, or in 722 BC, Assyria attacks and conquers the northern kingdom. So they attack Israel, right? And Israel ends up getting taken into captivity. But Isaiah uh, is speaking to the southern kingdom. And he says, you guys are going to be okay for right now. But because you're not changing your way, your time is coming. And he says these words. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, the king, hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, will be born to you, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. He writes to the people of Judah, and he says, your time is coming because you're not changing your ways. And what actually follows this is, in my opinion, one of the funniest verses in all of Scripture, because the king hears this. This is not a good prophecy, right? This is not good news. And his response is, wait, it's not going to happen in my reign? Totally cool right? He kicks the can down the road. So if you've ever been frustrated with politicians or leaders who kick the can down the road about anything, right? About the debt or about climate change or about anything. And you're like, why do they do that? Don't worry. 
History loves company. And there is so much company in Scripture, right? The king's like, oh, it's not going to happen during my reign. Not my problem. Good luck, guys. Right? But sure enough, Isaiah's words come true. Babylon attacks. And in 586 B.C., so remember B.C., it counts backwards, right? It's counting to zero. We have the fall of Jerusalem and the exile. Where now all of Israel, northern and southern kingdom, have been taken away. They are literally slaves. They've literally lost their homes. Their cities have been burned to the ground. The consequences of their sin was severe. Because the consequences of sin are severe. So sometimes we think we can kind of play footsie with it, right? Oh, it's not going to be that bad. Oh, me doing this, me acting this way, me thinking that whatever it is, right? We, we, we're like, hey, how bad can it be? Well, the entire Old Testament and New Testament is full of examples of the consequences when we rebel, of how it breaks things down. And in the Old Testament, we, we see that, and, and the consequences were literally being sold into slavery, going into bondage, losing everything. But, but the good news is Isaiah doesn't just come with the bat. He doesn't just come with the stick. No, God promises, and he says, I'm not done yet. And so throughout the entire book of Isaiah, not only does he say there are consequences when you act this way, he says, but we have this God who specializes in broken people. We have this God who specializes in people who rebel against him, so much so that he names his nation Israel, which literally means he who wrestles with God. Right? That's all of us. That's me as your pastor. That's you. That's your spouse. That's your kids. We all wrestle with God in our own unique way, and God knew that. And so the good news isn't was he was like, okay, you guys got one shot. Don't miss it. Instead, he says, no, I'm still for you. I'm still fighting for you. You're not alone. I, I still have a plan. And, and he writes about that good news and that plan in the book of Isaiah, which brings us back to the original reading that Jesus reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the prisoners of darkness. This is literal, right? These are people who have been taken away into slavery. These are people who have become captives, who have lost everything. This isn't hypothetical. This isn't metaphorical. He says, those of you who have gone into slavery, I'm still for you. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, those who have lost everything, those, those who have more questions than answers, more wounds than healing, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's a reference to the year of Jubilee. When God created Israel, he set up a system, and he realized that no one was going to be perfect, that there was going to be a lot of mess, and so there was something called the year of Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. In this year, and it happened every 49 years, all debts were wiped clean. All sin, all brokenness, it was like the whole slate got wiped clean. And Isaiah says the year of the Lord's favor is coming. There is someone who has good news for those who have debt. 
And again, all of us have debt. The day of vengeance for our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. I don't know if you guys ever feel that way. You just look at yourself and you're like, there's just too much mess back here. That there's just too much mourning, that there's too much despair. And he says, the good news is if you've ever been in despair, if you've ever been in mourning, if you've ever felt too broken, that there is a crown of beauty, there is an oil of joy, and there is a garment of praise. There is a God who is for you, who specializes in good news. And they will be called oaks of righteousness. The word righteousness literally means right relationships that we would be oaks, that we would be planted and have right relationship with God and right relationship with each other, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they'll rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They'll renew ruined cities that have, for generations have been devastated. The prophet Isaiah says there is good news coming that God hasn't forgotten you, that our consequences are not bigger than God's promises. And y'all, that's good news. That that's something that as we head towards Jesus, we can hold to, we can cling to, we we, we can believe in. Because again, we talk about it a lot, but this is a church of a bunch of broken people. You guys got a broken pastor with broken families and challenges and tensions, and yet we have a God who says, no, 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 this is how I'm going to start my ministry. To let everyone know I have come for good news. Now, this is somewhat challenging because it's God's good news, not necessarily the good news that I want, necessarily the good news that that you want, right? Ironically, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 4. He reads these verses, and instead of being really excited Instead of people being like, oh my gosh, the Messiah is here. Go team. Let's get after it. You know what they're trying to do? They literally try to kill him. Scripture says that they try to throw him off a cliff. Why do they try to throw him off a cliff? Because Jesus' response is, this is not just about one nation anymore. I have come for good news for all people. And at that time, the people of Israel had this very narrow view of what good news had to look like. It meant that Rome was going to be overthrown. It meant that they were going to have their own autonomy again. It meant that they were going to be this powerful nation again. That's what they wanted. The good news they had was very specific. And Jesus showed up, and he's like, y'all, my good news is humble and full of love and compassion. And people were like, that's not the news we're waiting on. And so their literal response was to try to throw him off a cliff, right? And I think we can get into that sometimes, where all of us have hopes, all of us have dreams of how we want the story to end, right? I I want this relationship to be restored. I want this situation, this outcome at work, or this outcome for a vacation, or this outcome for whatever. And when God doesn't give it to us the exact way we want, we can get frustrated, And we can start thinking, do I really want that type of Messiah? God, I think I got better plans. I think I have better ideas. But that's just a different form of sin. 
That's just a different form of putting ourselves in God's place and thinking our ideas are going to work out better than God's ideas. As we talk about often, our own quote-unquote best thinking normally leads us to some of our own worst places. And the reality is sin always has consequences. Sin only knows how to do one thing, destroy. Right? And so we sin, and either when we sin, it destroys our relationship with God. It gets in the way of a pure relationship with our Father, with the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sin destroys our relationship with each other. Right? My, my anger, my jealousy, whatever else, it just gets in the way of this. We see in Genesis chapter 3, it destroys our relationship with the world. Right? Literally, we sin. The first thing that happens is thorns come up from the earth. All of a sudden, this world that we were created to steward and care for, we're fighting against it. And then what took me a little bit longer to realize was it also destroys our relationship with ourselves. I gave a message similar to this a few years ago, and a counselor came up to me afterwards. He's like, yeah, you're right, Josh, with God, with others, with the world. He goes, but as a counselor, I have seen sin destroy people's relationship with themselves. How they see themselves. How they feel about themselves. How they think God feels about them. That's all sin knows how to do. There are real consequences to the brokenness of this world, and and we're all living examples of that. We're all born into it, Scripture says. We all come out, and we're just in the mess. We're in the hurricane, and we all have different scars, right? And some of the scars you have, you created. Some of the scars I have, I created, right? Through actions, through words, times where I didn't want to love God with everything, or I'm like, ah, that neighbor, he's kind of a jerk, so not today, right? Or scars that because hurt people hurt people, we were on the receiving end. That's us. Just a a church of broken, hurt people. But the good news, the beautiful news, is that Jesus came for people just like us. That as we head towards Christmas, as we head towards this waiting season for a Messiah, we're reminded again that the good news is for us. That God's not done that he came to bind up the brokenhearted. That when we're mourning, he says, I, I, I have an anointing of joy for you. That, that when we feel like our family's been ruined or our world has been ruined, he says, no, 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 I'm going to rebuild. What, what humanity specializes in destroying, our, our God specializes in recreating. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that now and it's going to continue on into eternity. You see, the good news is that he doesn't just leave us here. And that, yes, while we are going to head towards Christmas and there'll be goodness, there's also going to be hard. And he says he's going to meet us in that moment. But it doesn't always happen the way we want, and it doesn't always happen when we want it to. When you read through the book of Isaiah, the consequences and promises of God are throughout the whole book, but there is a bit of a switch. First part of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39, pretty heavy on the consequences. Chapter 40, it turns, and it really starts focusing on the promises of a Messiah, of a God who is coming. At the end of chapter 40, verse 31, it says these words, But for those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. 
They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And that word hope literally means wait. But for those who are waiting on the Lord, for those who are waiting on God's promises, he will renew their strength. He's not going to leave them to their own brokenness, to their own consequences. And sometimes they'll soar. And sometimes they'll run. And sometimes they'll walk, even if by staggering, but they will continue moving forward with their God. And that is the promise of the Savior that is coming. And sometimes it takes a while. If you guys did the math between when the people were taken into exile, that was 586. Jesus shows up around the year zero. That is 586 586 years the people were waiting. And even in that waiting, God was saying, if you wait on me, I'm not done. And I'm coming. And I'm going to restore, and I'm going to bind up, and I'm going to heal. And I am for you, and I am bringing good news, not just for you, but for your family and for your relationships, with your relationship with God, with your relationship with each other, for your relationship with the world and even your relationship with yourself. I want to end today by just reading through one last time Isaiah 61. And we're going to pray through it. And we haven't done this in a while. So if you've never prayed through the Bible, what this is, is I'm going to use Scripture to form and frame the prayer. And so I'm going to read a verse, and then I'm going to interpret the verse, and then I'm going to leave some space for us just to pray. For us to lean into what God is saying in and through and for us. So, so I invite you to pray and hear these words with me now. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're good. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a God of good news. And it's not always the news we want. But Lord, as you have proven so faithful in our lives and through the entire story and narrative of Scripture, it is the news that we need. Lord, and you are way better at being God and Savior than we are. And so we take comfort in that. Lord, and your word says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord was upon you because the Lord had appointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. Lord God, there are people in this room, there are people on this live stream that are poor in spirit. Lord, that feel empty. Lord, they may be financially struggling right now. Lord God, you have good news for them. You have good news. And you came to bring healing and restoration. It says you have been sent to bind up the brokenhearted. Lord, our hearts get broken in this world. With friends, with family, with spouses, with neighbors, Lord, and sometimes it feels like we can't be put back together, but your word, your promises are that you come to bind us back up, to heal us, to put us back together, to proclaim freedom for your captives and release from darkness for for the prisoners. Father, Lord, sin keeps us trapped. Lord, it is literally a type of bondage 
And yet, Father, Lord, we know that your word says that you came to forgive, you came to heal. So, Lord, we receive the forgiveness of sins from Messiah who has good news. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, Father, we ask that we can live out of our freedom. Lord, not, not to our own devices, not to our own pleasures, but Lord, out of love and worship. And Father, Lord, your word says to comfort those who mourn, to provide for all those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Father, Lord, it can be easy to see this world. It can be easy to see situations in our lives, individuals in our lives, and be tempted to despair. Because there's real brokenness, and there's real hurt, and there's real questions. And yet, Father, Lord, you are a God who specializes in taking broken situations and doing something beautiful. Lord, so as we go towards Christmas, Lord, as we continue to wait on you in our own lives and in this season of the church here, Lord God, I pray, knowing you are faithful to your promises, that you will renew our strength. Lord, and for the times that we get to soar on the wings of eagles, Lord, I pray that it's just moments of joy and delight. The times when we're running, Lord, and our, our legs don't grow weary, Father, I pray that you help us set our sights on where you're taking us. And Lord, when, we just, when we're just walking, when we're just barely getting one foot in front of the other, Lord, I pray that you help us and strengthen our legs to continue to follow you one step at a time. Father, Lord, you are a God of good news. And for that, we are thankful. In your son's precious name, we pray. Amen.